Look at this, mid-June, day 15. It is Sportsnet Today. My name is Ryan Pinder. There's Patty Dumas in the other room, and we are underway uh, next hour. A lot of Jays talk. We have uh, a significant prize to win. If you know someone that is a frontline healthcare worker, oh, we're going to we're gonna treat them. We're going to pamper them. Stay tuned for that. Game one of the Stanley Cup final tonight. Uh, Calgary's Kale McCarr will be on center stage as the hockey world is set to crown a significant title here. Two heavyweight contenders going head-to-head. Looks like a great Stanley Cup final. Uh, but we open Sportsnet today, brought to you by our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery with Blake Murphy of Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto, and now of a newly created Blue Jays Talk Plus. Uh, Blake, when we used to say good morning, I imagine that would be uh, some ungodly hour. Good morning now. It's like, yeah, it's almost like brunch time. How are you doing? Yeah, it's a it's a nice change to uh, not be up at 4.45 in the morning, doing the morning show. Uh, it's great. I mean, I'm still doing a little bit with them uh, here and there, with one or two segments a day. But, yes, big lifestyle change to the 3 to 5 p.m. slot. It's uh, no complaints here, that's for sure. So how did you do it, and what can we do to not wake up at 4? Please, share your notes if you can, or, or do, do we now have to pay you? Is this some sort of copyright pending? How did you do this? I, I don't know. I, it just uh, it happened by accident. I guess the big thing is, uh, you know, have the Leafs get knocked out in the first round so that you got to pivot to your summer schedule early. Um, you know, maybe you don't want the Flames to be out in the first round there, but the Leafs being out in the first round here that that's that's something I can bank on. Yeah, that's good. So maybe I can maybe I can pull this off again next summer. All right. Well, yeah, I was gonna say if it's just that that it takes. I mean. Shoot, this thing should be going on for like the half decade long, this show. Uh, tell us about the program, Blue Jays Talk Plus. We know Blue Jays Talk has followed games. Uh, I swear we carry as, as many as 100 Blue Jays games on our airwaves here, uh, uh, depending on the year and the scheduling and if the Flames are in the playoffs and all that. Uh, we're very familiar with the the hot take calls and the breakdown post game, but Blue Jays Talk Plus, very different. Yeah, it is different, and the idea is not necessarily to be different. It's just to give more. You know, this is a, a very good Blue Jays team. Um, the market is pretty excited about it here in Toronto and, and from the ratings and from what it sounds like, uh, you know, around the country as well. So uh, kind of as a compliment to Blair and Barker in the mornings and as a compliment to uh, Jay's talk post game, just uh, a, another way to approach the Blue Jays. And we'll come at it from, you know, a little bit more of a, an analytic perspective. Um, that's not to say it's just stats or anything like that. You know, I'm going to have, Keith Law on later today to talk some prospects. Uh, we've had some people in the baseball community on some ex-players and stuff like that for their perspective. So it's nothing. It's nothing too unusual for a radio show. It's just this team, uh, especially with the Leafs and Raptors done. This team warrants uh, as much coverage as you could throw at them. So that's what we're trying to do and try to do something just uh, you know a little different so that. If you like Blair and Barker, hopefully you get something out of our show too. And if that time doesn't work for you, then then we can kind of slot into your afternoon. Love it. Okay, so news of the day. I mean, there's a couple items here. Why don't we start with uh, the better half? You, you mentioned Keith Law. He, uh, a big Gabriel Moreno uh, booster and backer. Uh, I think he had him in number four in his prospect rankings. He, he's sort of anywhere between four and ten with most prospect rankings. He's been considered the best catcher prospect in baseball and he finally plays his first home game last night three for four two rbis throws out a runner uh maybe a bit of a mistake on the throw to third but man there, there are some tools here this is an exciting player yeah definitely some tools there. definitely exciting and even the the mistake on the throw down to third 
that's that's a mistake you you like a guy to make. I, I've always felt in all sports really, but with young players, you take you take the mistakes that are born of trying to do something rather than the mistakes that are born from being afraid to do something. So him trying to nab that runner at third, yes, he probably should have prioritized tagging the runner and getting the one out. Um, but he's trying to throw a base runner out and he's trying to make something happen at a at a high leverage spot. So uh, I'm okay with that those decisions will come in time. Uh, the bat looks as good as advertised. He still only struck out once, uh, which in the modern, in modern baseball is uh, you have one strikeout over, over 12 plate appearances. You're way ahead of the game in terms of plate discipline and zone control and stuff like that. I don't know that he's going to hit 364 the whole time he's up at the majors, but the hit tool is very real. Uh, a lot of reason for optimism here with Moreno, um, you know, anytime it's a 22-year-old catcher, you, you got to give yourself just a little bit of caution with that optimism. Uh, it's getting harder and harder by the appearance. Yeah, well, and I think he's two for four in throwing out runners, and the two yeah. he got stolen on, it's it's one of the best base dealers in baseball, if not the best guy right now, who I don't believe has been – he wasn't thrown out until Moreno got him last night. Uh, also, <laughs> we're, we are saying Moreno now, not Moreno. So that was a development of the last 24 hours, I noticed. Yes, that was a, a Dan Schulman talking to – because, you know, it was getting pronounced Moreno or Moreno and, and uh, Gabriel or Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel Moreno is the there – is, there is um, a little bit of a, a Spanish emphasis in Moreno that you can try to, try to throw in there, it's similar to how some people – We'll say Barrios with the rolled R's, mm. um, but Moreno is uh, is what he's cool with. All right, well that's good. I mean, as long as we're all on the same page here, uh, I know you. Look, won't if he for... hits three sixty four and throws out half the base runners who are trying to steal, I will call him whatever he wants. That's right. Yeah, Gabo. Well, you can whatever nickname you want. You can be the mayor of Toronto if you want to do that. Uh, yeah. We had a, a just a, a player you you could never forget, a Tony Lidman in Calgary, and he played like I swear what felt like a decade here. Gets traded to Buffalo, and like months later, it was, oh, that's Tony Ludman. You're like, what? How could you do this to us, Tony? You, 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 you lied to us all those years? And then, uh, you know, Jacob Markstrom's in net now with the Flames. It was Jakob Markstrom until, I think, all the way until he was a Canuck. So uh, I, I guess language is maybe a little more difficult saying names than, than we give it credit for. Yeah, and there's like I remember when the Raptors drafted Jakob Pertle, um, the, the pronunciation of Pertle is something that, we don't have like a letter for in the English language. Like, right. like that's not a, yeah. that's not a sound. The O E L T L is like the way I got told to say it is like, say turtle without the R. Um, this is just one of those things in sports media that, uh, that one of the great things about sports is you're going to get people from a, a lot of different places and that's going to stretch your, uh, your pronunciation. I feel very comfortable reading uh, Russian, Czech, uh, Swedish and Finnish last names as a result of, Growing up in this hockey nation, so I agree 100%. Absolutely. Uh, other note, uh, Blue Jays-wise, I guess it, it's not new news, but more, I guess, detailed news. Hyunjin Ryu is going to go under the knife. We knew he was hurt. We knew it was sounding long-term. Uh, it's UCL damage. It could be Tommy John. It could be a partial repair, but either way, his season is over, and next year, the final year of his four-year $80 million deal, suddenly in jeopardy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you know whether this ends up being a full Tommy John or, or a partial. I am not putting him anywhere in my you know 2023 plan. Like at this point, he is anything he would give you later next year is complete gravy. I, I don't think you can enter next season with any sort of 
well, you'll get Ryu back later in the year and that'll bolster the bullpen or something like that. I don't think you can plan on that at all. This is the guy who's in his mid thirties, a guy who had dealt with some, you know, you, you kind of figured when you sign a guy at 33, that some point over that four year contract, it, it could turn this way. And that doesn't mean it's a bad contract. The, the Jays in 2020 by signing Ryu, um, that was a huge signal to the market. That was a signal to uh, the baseball market, to the Toronto market, to the guys that they had coming up, that they were ready to start uh, competing. And, and, you know, he pitched in playoff baseball for the Jays. And, and you know, last year didn't end as well as he would have liked, but still 170 innings of, you know, above average uh, performance overall. So I, I don't think there's any reason to be negative about the deal overall. I think it was an important one. Uh, but at this point, I am moving forward under the, like, like the front office doesn't have any choice but to move forward, assuming they won't get anything out of Ryu next year. So uh, now you have to start looking at, you know, does this change your deadline priorities this year? Does that change the timeline for any of your pitching prospects for next year? Uh, it, it does kind of shift that focus where, you know, I think we were all thinking bullpen and left-handed bat for most of this year. And now you might have to, you know, you, you can get creative with it. It doesn't have to be a starter, but you certainly have to look at the, the pitching market more closely. Yeah. And, and well put on the contract stuff. Like it, I, I find it hard because some people just say 20 million is too much. He's not a good enough pitcher, but, but, it sounds expensive for a symbolic gesture of sorts, but it really did announce the end of the rebuild and the return to competitiveness. It was a shortened year because of the pandemic, but he was awesome in 2020. They made the, an expanded playoffs. His ERA was two six nine. Like he, he was very good in year one. Um, I don't know that it's going to be considered a value deal, but yet it doesn't feel like a bad deal in a way because, as you noted, it signaled a change. Yeah, and this is what you get with the free agent market for starting pitchers, right? Like guys don't hit the market until their late twenties to early thirties. This is why you're okay. Locking up a Barrios early while you still have them under control, because this is, these are the risks that you have to take once you're into uh, the starting pitching free agent market where everyone gets a lot of money. Um, you know, we're not too far removed from this same team giving Tanner Roark $12 million or, uh, Jaime Garcia, $8 million. Like, would you rather, would you rather take a shot on a guy who was coming off a, a couple Cy Young candidate seasons and gave you at least one? I think he was what? He was, he was in the Cy Young voting in 2020 anyway, uh, wherever he, wherever he finished. Would you rather do that or would you rather take multiple shots at the Tanner Roarks and Jaime Garcias of the world? I think you go, you'd rather take that risk on a guy that's shown real upside. So yeah, it doesn't work out all the time. This is why, you know, you, those decisions about, uh, hey, do you keep Robbie Ray or do you go after someone else? You know, those decisions are hard, harder with starting pitchers than any other position because the attrition rate's so high once you get into the 30s. Uh, that, that's a risk every, every one of these deals kind of takes on. Okay, and in that light, how do you view the Kikuchi performance thus far? We've seen a whole lot of everything. I think he had two really good starts back-to-back against the Yankees. He's also not gotten through the first inning. We've seen control be a major issue. Walks were a big issue last night. Four of them combined with five hits, and he ends up with four-plus. Uh, where are you at on Kikuchi in the $12 million bet per year for three years? It's been, it's been frustrating for sure. Um, you know, I, I think the team would probably tell you what they saw in him and what they're trying to work on with him is a, a longer-term play, not a one-year play. They're looking at the three-year life of this deal and what they can turn him into. Uh, but the early returns are, are not great. He doesn't seem to trust his fastball 
at all right now inside the zone, which is tough because he's a lefty who throws in the mid nineties. If you're not going to trust it, then when are you going to trust it? And that, that level of nibbling has not only caused him to get behind in count. He did better getting ahead in counts last night, um, but he was getting ahead in counts in fairly predictable ways. A lot of fastballs early uh, and Baltimore figured that out pretty quickly. So this is the guy who's got to get back to trusting that fastball because the curveball and the sinker play off of that so well, and they're not going to play nearly as well if he's not locating the fastball, not trusting the fastball. Mm. Um, there's still there's still room for optimism. We're we're not too far removed from that stretch of games where he was still walking guys, but he had 27 strikeouts over a four start span. Mm. Uh, that's not that far in the rear view. Uh, he can get back to being that guy, but for me, it's the the control is issue one one and two and three uh, because he's never even when he's struggled he's never walked guys at this rate before so this is completely new and you know we'd have to ask pete walker and uh, hopefully someone does is this uh you know is this part of what you accept when you're trying to unlock more upside is you unlock a lower floor because we're seeing a lower floor right now from kikuchi than we've seen since 2019 it's, yeah, it's an odd one. I do like the bet a lot more than the Tanner Roark $12 million a year, though. I'm with you yeah. on that. Yeah, that, that one was like, hey, this guy maybe still has something left, and he's kind of scraping by somehow in the NL. Let's bring him into the AL East. Not good. Yeah, and, and look, sometimes where, where you are and your kind of development as a team dictates that. Like, I remember the Astros signed Scott Feldman to, like, a three-year deal around that same amount, and the idea wasn't that Scott Feldman's going to help you win a ton of games. It's that you're rebuilding and you don't want to have to rush your pitching prospects. And a guy who can eat 150 innings for you is really valuable. Yeah. Uh, that is less the case when you're in a situation the Jays are now, where if you're paying $12 million for a guy, uh, that guy better be helping you win. And so far, Kikuchi hasn't been doing that outside of that kind of four-start stretch where he figured out the swing and mess stuff. Uh, Blake Murphy with us from Blue Jays Talk Plus on our sister station, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. It is Sportsnet today for Wild Rose Brewery. Be sure to check out their tap room and restaurant in the Curry Barracks. You can find your favorite Wild Rose beers at bars and liquor stores around the province. Um, speaking of, like, you know, guys eating innings and value and, you know, free agent signings, like, all of a sudden, reuse injury, Kikuchi struggles, like, I think a lot of people are coming to appreciate Ross Stripling and what he's been able to do for the club. He's been incredibly versatile. We've seen him close games, eat up innings, midway through contests, high leverage, low leverage, starting, bullpen. Uh, is it time to, to maybe entertain the idea of being the team that's going to pay for Stripling services when it gets expensive? Because he, he's been invaluable in a sense. Yeah, the nice thing is you don't have to make that decision until the end of the year. Uh, you can kind of wait and see, hey, is this going to hold up against the Yankees this weekend? Right. Is this going to hold up if we let him go through the order a third time? Because they have protected him pretty well. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's not like Ross Stripling came to Toronto as a nobody. He had four and a half years with the Dodgers playing this same kind of swingman, wherever we need you role. And he had four years of a sub-four ERA on a Dodgers team that was playoffs, 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 every yep. single season, high expectation, high winning environment. And, you know, it's not like the Dodgers from 2016 to 2019 were like they were in a similar situation to the Jays where you're not throwing someone out there you don't think can give you five competitive innings. And he started, you know, over 50 games for them over that stretch of time uh, capably. So this is a guy who can do this. He doesn't miss as many bats as he, he did in L.A., 
um, but he does have five pitches. He trusts the throw for strikes, so his walk rate is criminally low. He's getting a, a really high ground ball rate because he's able to work, you know, all over the zone really. But but he works that change up um, for weak contact really really well. So yeah, there are some there are some questions about. What does this look like if he faces a team for the second time or an order for the third time or an offense as good as the Yankees? But you're in a triage situation here where you lost one of the five guys you thought was going to be out there every five or six games in Ryu. And yeah, your big offseason signing hasn't been there yet. This is huge for him to, even if it doesn't sustain, what he's given you so far Mm -hmm. over 43 innings is huge. It saved the bullpen a couple times. It's you know, he's won games for you and kept you in games that you think, oh, it's a bullpen day. You're not going to have a chance to win that one. Look at his last, I don't know, four appearances. Uh, or I guess there's the, he had one bad appearance mixed in there. But save three innings out of the bullpen and then two starts where he allowed zero runs. This guy's <laughs> been a, a machine for you. He had a one-hitter his last time out. Are you kidding me? His yeah. last two, I think. That's, that's impressive stuff. Uh Okay. What else is uh, front and center for you for this club? It sucks losing to the Orioles, but it's baseball. No one goes uh, 18-0, 19-0 against a divisional rival, no matter how bad or good you are. Uh, It feels like uh, an interesting start for Barrios, given the volatility of late, but it felt like, or at least it's being talked about, like he unlocked or found something in his last couple starts. He did, and, you know, the Jays tried to help guide him there. They, They moved him on the hill a little bit, and they moved where Alejandro Kirk sets up for him a little bit. The idea being that he wasn't uh, tunneling his pitches super well. So what that means, is, for any listener who doesn't know, is you know his arm action wasn't the same depending on which pitch he was throwing. And that not only causes some control issues when you get inconsistent with that, but it gives the hitters a better indication of what might be coming. You, maybe if you've got a 5% better chance of, of guessing what's coming out of his hand because his arm action is a little different. Uh, the last two starts, he's been back to pretty much perfect where until that ball explodes out of his hand, you don't know what's coming. And the way his two seamer and curveball play off each other, you got to decide at the last possible moment, which one of those you think it is. Uh, and they have dramatically different breaks. So lots of swing and miss on the sinker of late, lots of swing and miss on the change in the curve. Uh, really encouraging two starts. Baltimore is not a team that's well suited to, to take advantage of, of Barrios really. Um, even when he, struggles you know this just isn't especially if Trey Mancini is out again today Anthony Santander is not there because he's on the the vaccination restricted list this is a a bit of a thinned out Baltimore team that hasn't been hitting super well so uh, I think you're right I think it's a big start for Brios and and if it's a a third good one strung together in a row I think you you put those you put that bad may behind you at that point fair point uh okay last one for you just a, a thought on uh, this division. There, there'd be a lot of places the, the Jays would be very happy with the record, and uh, I think they are now, what, 14-5 and five in their last 19 and are even. Didn't gain any ground there. That's chaos. Yeah, they're nine games back of the Yankees right now. It's, uh, it's very unfortunate. Uh, the new playoff format, at least, though, is basically just, well, the whole AL East is going to make the playoffs, and then you have two <laughs> other division winners. So, Almost, yeah. um, not, nine games isn't impossible to make up. Uh, I do think that, you know, realistically, what you're probably looking at in the standings day to day is: are you hosting that three-game wild card series? And that's 
that's not a, a bad thing. It's the playoffs. Anything can happen. So you might get there and it's a bad three days, but you like your chances a little better if you're at home. You like your chances a little better if you're the team that, that was closest to taking some off the Yankees. And, hey, you, you, we complain about having to play AL East teams 19 times a year. The Yankees are here this weekend. If you want to take a dent out of that nine games, mm-hmm. you do control a little bit of that yourself. Yeah, fair enough. And, and you, you're alluding to it. Is it all three games in the wild card are played in the one city? It's not back and forth. Is that right? I believe that's the new format. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, great catching up, Blake. Uh, I've really enjoyed the show. Uh, it's that time of year. Our attention turns to baseball, and you've done a great job with it. I've loved your breakdowns of uh, stuff online as well. Thanks for joining the program. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. I really appreciate it. Right on. There's Blake Murphy of Blue Jays Talk Plus and the Sportsnet 590, the fan morning show in Toronto, joining us on Sportsnet today. Duma. Hello. Thoughts? I mean, Blake's awesome. Blake was great. You know, he can do it all. He's got the Jays. He's big on the Raptors. He can do. That guy sounds like a guy that uh, he's a broad. He could talk about sports for a living, I tell you. I think he's he's on, on a path to a great career. There you go. Well, maybe we'll see if there's an internship opening here or something, eh? Get him off on the GBP, right GBP, you're, you're getting... Could be working mornings and just run the place in no time. <laughs> Talent like that, undeniable, eh? Oh, beautiful. Have Great. you seen him break down uh, the videos online? I have not watched any of the Check it out. There's some really good stuff there. Okay. Uh, he's got a name for it. I should be better prepared for this. It's driving me nuts. It's like the quick something or other, and he gives you like a 90-second breakdown of what's going on with this or that, and baseball-specific. Very good. Um, pop time is one of the things we've heard a ton about with Moreno. What's pop time? Uh, well, every day after dinner, my kid demands pop, and I say, no, today's <laughs> not the day you're having pop. We've, we've held you off this long. We're not going to be today. But pop time in baseball is when a catcher receives a ball to getting up into a throwing position to go after a base runner. So he's already he's elite looking. at that. Like they're saying 98th percentile is the sort of the early returns on his pop time. Used to be a shortstop. That helps. Like yeah. he's an athlete. Mm-hmm. He runs well. Uh, he gets the ball from glove to hand and down to second base in really quick time. And that's pretty much how you get base runners out. You're going to be slow delivering that ball to second. You're, you're dead in the water. He, he, he looks like a guy that will be able to control the running game significantly from behind home play. That's hard to do to begin with, but um, that, that's, that's a massive af- asset a behind the plate. Never mind working a staff and framing. He also can hit. Yeah. There's not a ton of power, but he can hit. He had three hits last night, and he's hit at every level. He's an offensively gifted catcher that can be great defensively. Oh, and throws out a ton of runners. He threw out more runners at AAA than stole on him. That's crazy. The good thing they don't need the power. We got a lot of guys around them that can hit with power. So well, and it's you know what it's yeah. it's it comes with time often. Yeah, like he he looks young. He he might not be that dissimilar in age with Kirk and Bichette and Vlad. He's well, just it, a few months younger than Adley Rushman, who was the number one prospect in baseball. Just got to the yeah, base. Just yeah. got there. Uh, so he he's not a I got here at, at 20 guy, but you look at the, the the vets yucking it up at the end of the dugout. Oh, they, there's uh Lourdes Gurdale Jr. with the, the the pineapple hair telling jokes and Tay Oscar's laughing along and Vladdy is is laughing. George Springer's dancing. Uh he's just this wide eyed, it's like Take your kid to work day. Somebody's kid rolling right in. And then did you see the picture of him next to Miguel Cabrera? Yes. I thought Cabrera was oh. going to eat him. I'm like, what? <laughs> Holy crow. Venezuelan Those are different sized right humans. That's awesome. That was that was a really good pick. But he like this is a very toolsy young player. And 
that's a position that we just don't give enough credit to. It's like, oh, what's he hitting? Well, no, you're missing the point. If you're no. looking at what's he hitting. But this guy is going to hit and be able to catch and throw at runners. You want to be a top five prospect in baseball? You got some serious tools, no doubt. Uh, tonight, did you you wrote down the starters for us tonight? I did, yes. It's not Jordan Lyles against UC Kikuchi. That was last night. That was yesterday. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman, the Zim Dog, two and five with a five five two ERA against Jose Barrios. Well, that's tidy. Barrios, uh, the ERA not tidy. The win loss record is. Uh, but to Blake's point, I feel like they've found some stuff with him to be more effective in his last two. Yeah, he's starts. He, he's been really good the last couple, especially they, like getting that against his former team Minnesota. Really good there. I think they love to pitch to Minnesota every day, although the Twins haven't been bad this year, have they? Better than last year. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, uh, 9.32. Rest of the program, we'll get a little preview, some news and notes for tonight's Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final. I'm really excited about this matchup. I think, you know, sometimes it just feels like, can we get this tournament over with? Like, I just I feel fatigue. Not with these two teams. We haven't seen a lot of the Habs. They've only lost twice. It's an efficient route to get here. And for the Tampa Bay Lightning, many thought, they were done. Down 3-2 to Toronto in round one. Many thought they were done. Down 2-0 to the Rangers in round three. They ain't dead. These cockroaches from Tampa will not die. They've won 11 series in a row and are flirting with dynastic performances, right? Or a, a, a dynasty label, uh, one of the great teams of all time in the sport. They're right there. Just got to win four games against the Avs. That's not easy, but also they've won 11 series in a row. Come back with that story. It is Sportsnet Today. I'm Ryan Pinder. It's brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery. Proudly brewing their beer right here in Calgary. You can visit the Tap Room and Restaurant in the Curry Barracks. Or just look for your favorite Wild Rose beers at bars and liquor stores around the province. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to Sportsnet Today for Wild Rose Brewery. Check them out at their Tap Room and Restaurant in the Curry Barracks. Or you can find your favorite Wild Rose beers at bars and liquor stores around the province. My name is Ryan Pinder. There's Patty Dumas. We got GVP in the house. Shoutouts for GVP. What up? Guys, there was up. Uh, question on the text line. Hey, Pinder, can you explain the new wild card format? Well, we talked about it with Blake Murphy of 590 who just joined us. There are now uh, 12 teams that will advance to the MLB postseason. GVP, have you wrapped your head around this new uh, playoff format? No, it's crazy. I haven't wrapped my head around it. Okay, so I'm going to help you here, all right? All right, all right. Three divisions in each league, Central, East, and West. All division winners, boom, where you go. You're in the playoffs. Three wild cards now. Oh. oh. So the top three non-division winners will go in. Blake alluded to it. It could be four AL East teams. <laughs> we thought about how good this division is, Patrick. Always. Just juggernauts every year. The Yankees are going to win like 120 games, something stupid. And the Red Sox have been on this crazy clip. The Red Sox are finally playing well. The Rays are the Rays, and the Jays are good. All the wild cards are going to come from the AL East, potentially. I mean, that's what it's looking like. Look behind behind the, the White Sox. Look behind the Astros. It ain't much there. No. And I mean, if the Angels want to get their shirt together, maybe, but like they just lost Sox. 15 of leading. 16. AL Central, I think it's the Twins to leave them. Yes. One. Yeah. Guardians are two and a half back there. So, yeah. It'll be very AL Easty October. So, the best wildcard team, no matter how good they are, will be seated fourth. Division leaders are one, two, three, right? So, yeah. if the Jays finish second in the AL East, for example, and they have a better record than the team that wins the Central, don't matter. 
Now, here's where it does get interesting. There's two buys in the first round. So you get six teams advancing from each league, AL and NL. The Yankees and another team that wins a division will get the two buys, it appears, in the AL, right? If things go as they're projected to go. The top two division winners, you could sit and hang out. Kick your feet up, watch some playoff baseball. You're going to rest for a bit. Division winner three will face wild card three. Wild card one will face wild card two. Huh. And rather than a one-game wild card, which we remember what Ed- Edwin Encarnacion's walk-off bomb against mm-hmm, the Orioles, mm-hmm. or the Hyunjin Ryu diarrhea start against uh, the Rays in the shortened season, that ended quick. No, I think that was uh, that was the first game, so that was more than a, the, Traditionally, yeah. the wild card has been a one game, which is cruel in baseball. Huge sample size sport, one game, cruel. But I mean, the whole postseason is kind of cruel in that sense. Um, it'll be a three-gamer. And sounds like the higher seeded club's going to host all three. Oh, yeah, that's what it says. And then the tiebreaker game was also eliminated with the playoffs, so we won't get game one sixty three anymore. Yeah, which you know what? Like it felt cruel for teams to have to go play like one sixty three yeah. and then a wild card. Yeah. Like I remember the Padres had eat, to do that a few years ago. Yeah, and so if you get to a DS like the next round, like what have you got left after playing two must win high leverage games? <laughs> Never mind what you have to do against one fifty-five to sixty. You've likely used your your yes. front line starter. Yeah, you've got your fourth best starter going because you've used your best three in the two must-win games prior. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's the format there. Uh, other texts coming in on the text line nine six zero nine six zero. Any U.S. Open talk, guys? Yeah, it starts tomorrow. Brookline in Boston. I believe we have six Canadians in the field. Uh, a couple via qualifying. Many based on merit. It's going to be nasty. It's the U.S. Open. The scores are going to be ridiculously um, close to par, if not above par. How do you think Phil's going to be received? Not well. I mean, eleven forty-seven. We, we talked about it the other day. Mm-hmm. Everyone's very concerned about where the money is for this golf tour, and not very concerned where their oil comes from in the U.S. Apparently. And then, like, I get it. It's a little bit different, but still, if you're going to go like, "Hey, boo, Saudis," well, then sever all business ties. Don't just pick your spots, one spot here or there. He's taking the damn money because you know what? What do you do for a living? If someone came along and said, we'll give you four times what you're making, eh, we're a little bit shadier, but you're going to get paid. How many of us would take that? Right? So we'll get into that tomorrow. U.S. Open goes in. Yes, the Live Golf golfers can participate in the U.S. Open. It's a major. It's not sanctioned by the PGA Tour. It's sanctioned by the U.S. Amateur Golf Association, whatever it is. U.S. Golf, uh, USGA, sure. One of those things. Uh, we go to the phone line. We always do for Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the 13-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For takeout or delivery, give them a call, 403-248-3344. And as always, still doing their thing at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Uh, Amish joining us from Forward Level Marketing. Uh, Amish, ran into a couple of years ago. You've got an amazing charitable endeavor uh, going on here. Good morning. Tell us about it. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so we're celebrating our 10th year of uh, our business, and we wanted to kind of continue to give back in a meaningful way. So we, we came up with a, a campaign called the All Heart Initiative. And over the last couple of years, as we all know, it's been a challenging time, and the healthcare workers have been nothing but fantastic. And um, I, I personal experience um, myself just having gone through it, and it was just like it was a no-brainer for us to kind of devote all of our efforts to kind of create a campaign and support them. 
So our goal is to raise $100,000 of a bank account and then spend it on healthcare workers uh, through acts of kindness. Which is awesome. So, again, tough couple of years if you're a frontline healthcare worker. Again, <laughs> rather thankless. And, yeah, you signed up to do stuff that's rather thankless, but the last two years nobody saw it coming. It's crazy. One of the things you're doing to help raise funds is you've got a VIP golf experience going on at Kananaskis, uh, one of the, the jewels of our province for golf. Uh, how is that tied into the fundraising? And tell us about uh, the two VIP days at Kananaskis. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so we're in, in efforts to kind of get to the hundred thousand. We're we're a partnering with local companies in town to to sell some of their goods and their donating profits. So we've we've uh, partnered with Pluto Apparel. There's an all heart T-shirt. We've partnered with Friday Sock Company. There's an all heart socks. So if you go to allheart.forwardlevel.com, you can be able to check out how to go buy those T-shirts and socks, or you can just donate. But then also we're throwing on events, and as you mentioned, Pinder, we're doing. A couple of cool uh, VIP golf experiences for only 20 golfers. Uh, one is June 22nd. One is August 24th, where um, we have one foursome left uh, available for June 22nd, and it includes basically a really cool day. It's brunch at the office, mimosas, Caesars, coffee, um, a limo ride to the golf course and back, your uh, 18 holes and warm-up and prizes and uh, all that kind of fun stuff throughout the day. Um, and we're actually... Um, had a really generous offer from one of our clients, Moody's private client, who offered to pay for four healthcare workers to attend this day. So not only do we have one foursome left for people if they want to join, but uh, I thought it'd be cool if we can talk about that pinder and maybe invite on your show if if, if they know any healthcare workers that a uh, much deservingly have a, a day off next Wednesday and want to join us. Um, maybe you can let them know how to nominate a healthcare worker and. We have room to take four, so uh, they would get to enjoy the full day. Uh, like I mentioned, the limo ride, the brunch, um, all your uh, snacks and food, and uh, a good round of golf, and hopefully uh, all the rain has passed us by then <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> yeah, no, and awesome. So you're raising money for frontline workers in the healthcare field, and now we're also going to treat them as well. That is so rad. So what we'll get people to do, nominate – a frontline healthcare worker by texting us at 960960. Now, this isn't the normal, like, text us your name because you're not the winner. We want you to nominate someone you know that works in this field. So send us their name and their phone number, and uh, Amish can get a hold of them and lock up uh, that foursome of frontline workers, healthcare workers, uh, for next week at Kananaskis. And, again, you guys are going full VIP limo to the mountains, uh, brunch beforehand, food and beverage on the way. You've got some booze sponsors as well in case people get thirsty there and back. It's a very thirsty sport, golf, I find. So 960-960, we want their name and the phone number of the healthcare worker you're nominating. And hopefully we got uh, enough notice here that in a week's time, they'll be ready to go golf with you. That's right, yeah. Thanks to you again, Moody's private client, for generously, uh, you know, offering to do this. And also, yeah, some of our um, beer sponsors, Village Brewery, Peak. They're making sure we're hydrated uh, on the way there, on the way back, and also uh, um, just like it's going to be a great day, and we're hoping we can kind of uh, show our support for healthcare workers. Awesome. Okay, so uh, if people want to find out more about getting a foursome for either event, uh, you would send them where? Uh, we've told everyone to nominate the healthcare workers, but there's also one foursome available for next Wednesday VIP uh, from Calgary all the way to Canada, ask us and back. You got it. Yeah, they can either email us at allheart at forwardlevel.com or they can go to allheart.forwardlevel.com and all the information you'll find is there.
Love it. I'll post a link on the Twitter account and uh, do appreciate your time. A reminder, uh, nominate your healthcare worker at 960-960, their name, their phone number, and Amish and the folks at uh, Forward Level Marketing will get a hold. Hundred grand for healthcare workers. You're a better man than I am. Thanks for your time, Amish. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Take right. care. Great stuff. Uh, 960-960 if you want to get involved. It's great. Can't ask us limo too? Oh, and little food and booze? That's uh, that's uh, there's a lot of wins there, a lot of a lot of big dubs, Patty. Can't go wrong with any of that. Now, now are you a golfer? Because I know you're all sports. You... Love golf. I've actually never ever ever gone okay, golfing. Okay, so you're just the consummate sports fan. Whatever yeah. is is there, you're watching, and you don't. I don't need to golf. I'd rather watch. I would just... love to golf. I just never really got out there. So I'd like to treat you, Bender, sometime do... this summer. I would Can love to do go. that. I would love to do that. So we need to find someone to take my wild hyena children, and then you and I will go golf. That sounds easy, right? Yeah. I think they want to camp for a week somewhere or something. Let's okay. do that. Okay. Done. I think I have a week in July. Is that it? Yeah. That's all they give me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's merit-based, I guess. Yeah, so I guess. You, uh, pull up your socks, work a little harder, aren't you? <laughs> uh, the Jeff Merrick Show follows. Here's the slate uh, today on the station. Big show. Nooner. Uh, Flames Talk and the Unnamed Football Hour. That uh, starts at 3, and we will take you to Abs and Bolts. That's a 6 o'clock start. Are we doing pregame or just going there at 6? We're going right to 6. Right for puck drop. No messing around. Patty and Marty will get you all set, not to mention the football conversations. New D-back signed by the Stampeders today, uh, reported by Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation this morning, and Dave Dickinson confirmed it. His conversation with us earlier today, if you missed that, that was a good one. Find that on your Boomer in the Morning podcast, wherever you shop for your podcast. Also, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, very good on the Stanley Cup final. And all things NHL, we dipped a toe into the coaching conversation. The carousel there is set to start moving. Cassidy to Vegas yesterday. Uh, Torts being offered the gig in Philadelphia. Trot still looms large. There's people at gas stations in the prairies saying he's going there. It's got to be true. Uh, is he going to Winnipeg? We'll wait for that to shoot a drop. And, yeah, some pretty high-profile free agents this summer in the NHL. I don't know if you noticed that here on Calgary Flames Radio. No news there still, hey? Nothing. Still negotiating. Still crickets. Yeah, well, there you go. Timeline forces action. We're not we, 20-some days. Don't even worry. Friedman in less than 10 minutes. Uh, Edmonton Oil Kings head coach will join the program as well. The WHL champions are off to the third Memorial Cup. In the modern era, and gosh, they feel like they got to be favorites going to the Memorial Cup, but don't they? They've been unbelievable. Uh, also, some conversation from Vegas as well around the coaching hire. That's all coming up on the Merrick Show here on your home of the Flames. This has been Sportsnet Today. For Wild Rose Brewery, be sure to pick up your favorite Wild Rose beers at Lickstores Bars around the province. They're proudly brewing their beer right here in Calgary, and you can enjoy it here as well at their tap room and restaurant in the Curry Barracks. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.